Well, grab a seat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. D. and Davis, the flip. Ah, flip. Still in COVID edition, social distancing fashion, uh, trying to be responsible and not contaminate ourselves, our families, our friends, and strangers, because even though you don't know them, you should give a F about other people. Yes. My name is Kenneth Davis. You've heard him speak already. His name is... D. Demonspero. What's happening, everybody? Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D. and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D. and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D. and Davis Show. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. We're on Anchor. We're kicking you over to Spotify and YouTube. So you can see us. That's right. As Ryan sips on his coffee. Uh, thank you for everybody who's been watching us and subscribing. Uh, to the YouTube channel. Keep on doing that. Subscribe to everything. We're getting that numbers up on YouTube because you see us. So we appreciate that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Demons1, D-E-M-O-N-Z-E-1, Twitter and IG. Ken is on Twitter and IG at That's Davis. Ryan Bukovsky is on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and also IG at Ryan B. Ski 1. Also, he's executive producer of, as Ken said, everything that we do. And, everything. <laughs> and Sydney Brown's <laughs> on Twitter and IG at SidKid80. And make sure you read his articles at WeAreReadRadio.com. The New York Mafia is taking a hit from the novel coronavirus pandemic after many of its money-making outlets have been shuttered. Mm. Gambling halls, sporting events, and construction projects have long fed the Empire State's gangs, but now they are taking a historic blow, as law enforcement uh, sources told the New York Post. There's never been a time when they weren't making money through gambling, the source said. The American Mafia families are also losing money out of extortion rackets after restaurants and other entities close their doors under New York's New York City's uh, shelter-in-place order. Mm. A halt to non-essential construction jobs, which includes transportation, uh, port entry, has also put a dent in the U.S. mob's profit. But this is not the case in Italy, where authorities warn that the mafia will most certainly cash in on the pandemic. There's already concerns that various criminal groups are involved in constructions of field hospitals and important medical supplies like masks and other equipment. They're also stealing, uh, dealing, still dealing drugs, making loans, and controlling large swaths of agricultural industries, which is one of the few sectors still in full operation to defeat the 60 million lockdown in, in uh, Italians. You know what? The one thing that hopped out to me, you just said, Ken, with that story, uh, is the simple fact of loans. People mm. aren't working and they mm. need money. So this is a definitely a good way that if you, you need some protection, you need a little extra cheese, hey, we'll, we'll take care of you. So damn, man, even you can't shake the underworld. I mean, everybody got to make money. And listen, man, the underworld makes Pookie ain't making money. no money. Where's the money Pookie's supposed to be making? Oh, I'm sure Pookie's still getting out there. Ah, Pookie ain't getting, getting his getting cut. Getting <laughs> his Corona's cut. He's not getting his Corona's cut. Get a few pills and a few rocks off. Hey, <laughs> I, hey, everybody out there, listen, even though you have, of a, a pandemic, people still gonna there make money some Dude, way, somehow, right? If I told you how much money I spent on alcohol yesterday, damn, because I don't well, plan that's on going, legal. I don't plan on going back out. No, I don't mean it like that. I'm just still saying, like, I listen. I've never had this total ever in my life acquiring alcohol. Are right? you serious? Did you went to Kenwood Liquors. I told my people up in there to listen. I was in there. Listen, so real quick, real quick. With a shopping cart so, going down every lane. Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I went out. Before the last show was the last time I went out, right? Okay. And I went to Jules, and I, I said I had the coat. My, my coat was zipped up to here, right? Mm-hmm. And I had just my glove on, and my glove has the things where I can touch stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This time I had latex gloves and a mask. The first time I put the mask on, it popped. I had oh. to sit there and staple it. So it finally stayed on my face. Okay. I get to Kenwood. It's only one person in there with a mask on. I'm like, ah, so today y'all don't want to be masked up when I come out here prepared, right? <laughs> y'all trying to do a brother like that, huh? I got to be out here looking like the weirdo. Did not care. Got my stuff. Listen, got all, two boxes of alcohol. Like, give me that. Give me that. But it was large boxes of wine in there, too. Oh, man. And uh, I said to my people there, because it's, it's a tall brother. Most people go to Kenwood. You know the security guards and you know the people that had regular registers and even owners or whatever, for the uh-huh. most part. And I told one of them the security guards I'm semi-cool with, and I was like, man, y'all be careful out there. He's like, you be careful too. He's like, because I know. And he was trying to keep the social distances in the house. But I went there. I made, some, I made some runs yesterday. I was out for about an hour and 20, making different type of runs or whatever, and seeing the people in the streets. And listen, one thing I feel sorry for, What's you know, that? people who, like, let's say it's somebody at your house, not your house, D, now, mm-hmm. growing up, let's say it was a, I don't want to say ne'er-do-well, but ne'er-do-well, mm-hmm. and everybody goes to work, and this person doesn't work, and the house basically becomes theirs, 
because yes. everybody's gone. Right. I feel sorry for that person. Because <laughs> everybody's home. Because I saw dudes by himself walking the streets, and I was like, he ain't got no place to go. Right? And I was like, damn, right? Everybody, everybody at home. Everybody at home. He can't have people come over. It's like all the stuff he used to do when mama's gone or whoever's gone is all messed up. But then this is a sad part. You usually know D because you'll tell me like you got some cash on you because I give out money to people that are on the streets. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a joke with us sometimes. D just be like you got some cash. Yeah. Like, you ain't giving them nothing. Why are you asking me? I don't carry it. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Bank of Davis. You <laughs> so I was on. I was on you. the. I was on the nine, and it was one of the ladies. Two ladies that's usually um, panhandling on 79th and Stony Island. The little short little lady. The little short and the tall one that's lighter. Uh, the, a light thinner one that's out oh, there too. You've oh, seen it. Sometimes you may not know she's a woman because her hair is covered up, oh, right? Okay. But she, because okay. it's really never dudes out there panhandling. It's really two ladies, but it's one of women. them you may not know is a woman because she's you don't see her long hair and she's slender or whatever. Because she's not out as much as the short one that wears the wigs or whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. She was out there, and I saw this car, two cars ahead of me, and he, the dude was reaching over, giving her something to the lady. And I was like, damn, you letting her whole body up in that ride, basically, right? And I always give money, but it was like, nah, son, it's not happening. So I wasn't rolling out my window. I got some Popeyes yesterday. This dude rolled up to the... Ooh. Oh, yeah, I got that Popeyes. This dude wow. rolled up. Okay. This dude ro- oh, dude, yeah, I wiped... Sandwich. No, no, I, I didn't know. I didn't get the chicken sandwich. I wiped oh. every everything that I brought home, actually. Like, I told after before I got in the house, I said, lay out paper on the floor. I put the boxes from Kenwood on the floor. Mm-hmm. I got this Lysol uh, 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 spray. I wiped all the bottles down in boxes. I set them to the side. And even those chicken boxes, I wiped all those boxes down. Mm-hmm. Like, and it then was like, you uh, deep fried the chicken in Lysol. Well, remember, the chicken is, well, not, the chicken's in the box, though, Ryan. Right. But, I know, just yeah, give but, you a hard time. I know, as you should, as you should, with the COVID. <laughs> so anyway, to get back to it, so um, this dude rolls up, and he's like, you got 50 cent? And I, I had the mask, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, we ain't about to have a conversation about this. <laughs> he like Darth Vader'd him. <laughs> like, go, go, wow. like, take this more serious and carry your ass on. Like, no. But, but like you said, though, you probably ain't got nowhere to go. But that's but going back to the story, though. That's crazy that, damn, the underworld still got to make their money. Did you guys, especially uh, Italy? Yeah, yeah. You ever see how the, the Vatican and how the, the money laundering and through the Vatican and stuff a few years ago with that? Man, I, like I, I, I don't remember hearing that, but I'm not Yeah, sure. they were, the Vatican got in trouble because the mob was laundering money through the, the Vatican Bank is a powerhouse. It is. They were laundering money through the, the Vatican uh, Bank. Brian, what was you about to say? Did you guys ever watch The Sopranos? A little bit. A little I bit. I really got into it. I the story I, I, really reminded me of that show because they show some of that stuff, like the difference between the American mob and the Italian mob. Mm-hmm. And like some of the seasons, they go back and forth. And then, of course, they're transporting stuff from Italy over to America. So I'm just thinking of all the little businesses that they would highlight in the show. All those are probably just dead right now. And always, whenever they had a problem, like, hey, we can't get a job site, we can't get this going, they'd always hammer some politician or law enforcement dude to get the will or to get the way that they want. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do now? You're going to go to Como and and try to strong arm him and get more construction jobs going. That ain't happening. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I will. I would say this though, and see. I mean, uh, you and I can't too. We were doing the uh, daily betting, the daily sports fantasy betting, whatever like that. But yeah. now, but now you have betting legal here for the most part across the country in the states on sports betting. Now, I, I, you know what? I watched this movie on Netflix. I don't know if y'all seen it. Well, the Mark. Wahlberg movie, uh, Spencer Confidential. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the newer version of the Rumor Ken and Ryan Spencer for Hire. No, oh, it. for sure, I remember Spencer, Spencer for Hire. Come on. Hell yeah. Uh, do you remember a man called Hawk? Exactly. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> <Every class>. <laughs> <laughs> He's still pulling out the slap. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? What's up, Ryan? This isn't a Michael Bay film, right? No, this was this was no. like a, a Saturday night. I think it was NBC. I don't know if it was Channel Seven. No, no, no. But, this Spencer uh, movie. The Spencer. No, the movie. Oh, okay. I meant the TV show. Yeah. No. Well, the TV show with TV. Well, the movie is all all the TV show and the movie based off books. And I did. You know what? Uh, ignorant uh, of me, I didn't know that. Nah, bro, you. We, I'm with you on that ignorant. Front. Yeah, yeah. I and listen, to be honest with you, that book can't be that good. 
Hey, listen, I, but the Spencer Fahaya TV show came out. It was like the early to mid eighties. I remember yes. watching the reruns. Oh, but okay. anyway, in the, in the movie, they talk about how the, uh, was he dirty cops in the mafia were trying to get into this to open up a legal uh, casino, horse uh, like dog betting, horse racing, whatever, like everything like that. But mm-hmm. my point is, I'm curious and see. I'm going to speak on this point. Uh, talking about kind of like how. Now with legal betting, even within sports, I wonder how big of a hit is a mafia taking at that, or are they back channeling and running sites sort of like if you want to say not saying they're doing this, but running sites like uh, DraftKings or Daily Fantasy, whatever the case may be. I'm sure you're going to have people that's going to be one or two, two, or two or three steps ahead. But what can you really bet on right now? You can't really bet on pro wrestling, even though they have WrestleMania coming mm-hmm. up this week game, but you really can't bet on that. I know I was watching, uh, uh, I think it was NBC Sports Chicago or NBCSM, one of those channels that they have live sports racing. I was like, where is this taking place at? Because everything is shut down right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, do you think, be, uh, do you think the mob's betting on uh, the Madden simulations that they're doing right now? Man, sure come on, they got to be gambling on something. Real quick, though, you, you also fix in. But you also have to remember that what helps the mob is the fact that they can provide you credit. So yeah. there's still going to always be a way. If like if I'm already in the hole. You know, so like I don't have money, but I can go to some bookie and the bookie's going to provide me credit and still I can give me some action. There's still a, a, a way for the mob to still exploit gambling like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but, but see his point. Where's the action at? Yeah, figure out something. Exactly. That's all I'm wondering. Something. With this 2K tournament that happened on Friday, do you think that they were just taking odds on all these dudes? Probably. Probably. I bet you somebody got to do something. Did anybody watch that? No. No. Okay, because I know I didn't no. even know where it was playing. I hear it was the, 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 the winners. Everybody was picking them because it wasn't you have your own team. You pick whatever team you want, but you can only use that team once in the tournament. Oh. So everybody was like picking the Milwaukee Bucks versus yeah. like the Clippers. Yeah, and uh, Patrick, the Bucks I, are the big winners. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw some highlights of it on Twitter, and they, uh, somebody had tweeted out that Patrick Beverly is just as intense on 2K than he is on the. Uh, you think he's the, not? Yeah, I know, right? Like, come on, dude. He's the, <laughs> he's the same person. Did you see seven. that? Is and he was going crazy on somebody. I forget. I think he was playing Hassan Whiteside. He was just talking big shit. Did you see that ESPN thing that came out like three weeks ago, Patrick Beverly? Mm-mm. No. Like about his growing up on the West Side and how, you know, after he had uh, left school and college, came home and he was hustling and he was like, I'm going to be the best drug dealer ever. And him and his cousin went out and his cousin was with him and uh, he left. He, he asked his cousin if he was going to ride with him and his cousin was like, no, nah, I'm good. And his cousin ended up getting shot. And that's kind of oh, wow. what got him to snap out of it. And when he went overseas to start wow. balling out before he came here and had to buy wow. himself out of his own contract. So he wow. still was banking on of himself. Like it's it's a really good story. Uh, I mean, it's a story of anybody, but definitely a Chicagoan story. Uh, it's pretty good. You you if you didn't have any admiration for him already, it gives you it provides you with more uh, admiration for Patrick Beverly. Oh He's man, I'm a fan. Tough upbringing, uh, hard nosed dude, and full on pulled himself up for from uh, with his uh, bootstraps. Pulled him definitely pulled himself up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, forty million dollar deal. Listen, when you listen, you parlay yourself into a. A Michael Cooper t- style. Now I'm not saying he's Coop the Loop, but that defender esque thing, mm-hmm. and you can parlay into a forty million dollar contract in this NBA. You're doing a damn good job, young man. Damn good job. And it should have been with the Bulls, but they can't put together a good squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy he didn't. I wanted him definitely to, to stay with the oh. contender mm-hmm. and go get you a title and you right. know try to win rather than coming here. Don't come to this garbage. And yeah, and losing here with them. Like, <laughs> real, why? Real, real quick, D left, uh, but not so much based off what Ryan just said. The news came out uh, about the uh, Bulls front office looking for somebody who's going to oversee all uh, basketball operations, right? Well, so it came out. It came out that they're not going to wait till if the season the starts season. or not. Because we right already now. knew it was going to happen. They're starting right. now. But it's just more public. They basically they saying, "All right, John Paxson, you're going to be in an advisory role." But Dwayne Wade sent out a tweet yesterday, and he's like, "Hey, yeah. I know somebody that's interested." So I was like, "Damn!" So right. So this is why I said, "Damn!" In my head. I covered, as everybody who listens to the show, I covered the Dwayne Wade red carpet for his ESPN uh, documentary, right? But I didn't get a chance to ask him a question. But on my notes was to ask him, hey, it's been rumors out there that the Bulls were looking to have somebody run the front, uh, be, you know, join the front office to be the GM. I was going to ask him 
if it was going if he would be interested in it but i didn't get a chance and i was so bummed about that but then i saw his tweet i was even more so like damn i wish i would have asked him that question so i don't know if he's talking about himself but he definitely sent out the tweet uh i think it was yesterday or early this morning saying like hey i know somebody that'd be interested basically i know somebody be interested in doing it so let me I just, give you guys yeah let me give you guys a guess his uh former teammate shane battier i was thinking about that yeah yeah so, uh, so i like the list that they have though of the guys, the I six do too. names. I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with that. I if do you too. Throw D Wade in there. That's fine with me too. But I was going to ask you, Ken, would you be okay with a D Wade running the Chicago Bulls operation? Maybe he won't be the GM. Maybe he'll be a GM and won't be overseeing everything. Because I would think Dwayne Wade, even though his tech, his team here was kind of rough with the younger players, but those guys wasn't stars. No, he'd probably really. be able to get stars to come here though. Yeah, but that doesn't... possibly. I don't know. Look, look I, I want someone who's been doing it in this NBA. And again, he has the connections with someone that has the scouting connections, the connections with the agents. I want all of that. I don't like do it Can't, right. No don't first, go for no it. Don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't. This is not a learn on the job position. Mm. Get someone who's known how to handle this NBA. It's either worked under a great, if it's Usai Majiri, if it's whoever, if it's Denver's uh, president. You know, get get these guys that at least been in that position that through the draft has found time. Like, that's the thing. Like, okay, you bring in Dwayne Wade. I mean, he can bring some people here. Maybe if Anthony Davis, and I I think we all know Anthony Davis is probably going to resign with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. But most of the people that he played with are at retirement age. LeBron's not coming here. And I'm not going to say that people don't look. I'm not saying saying that. But how many people are you really going to get? It's especially, and again, this is a big market, but in a way since you don't bring in prize free agents it's a small market you really have to do this through the draft even if you bring in a couple big free agents you're going to be cap strong you're going to have to do I, I need someone that can hit on these draft picks one Ken, I, yeah do you have a favorite out of the six names thrown out at least to start um i guess the guy that's under you simon jerry right now bobby webster bobby webster would probably be mine because i still feel like when you look at Denver, they haven't learned on how to totally organize it yet. They get, they're good as far as a collective of talent, but it still misses the key, the, the click. You know, like they don't – You can't. yeah, you can run the, the offense through Jokic, but at the end of the game, it's hard to put that on the center, and then you're putting that on Jamal Murray. It's, I think they got a lot of parts. So I do like the, the GM in, in Denver. I, it wouldn't bother me. The Buchanan cat, even though I didn't see that yesterday with Indy, you know what I'm saying? But I want someone who is – I like upper- that uh, Miami Heat guy too, Adam Simon. Okay. I don't know if he's Pat Riley, but if anybody has learned under Pat Riley, yeah. I love what like, he's doing. Any, 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 people, shame Eddie, you know. any of these people that have built culture, like really built culture, but also hit – you know, you may miss occasionally yeah, on a draft pick. Yeah, teams, you know. Built, like, yeah, built – Get a yeah. bed for a superstar to actually come. Yeah. You know, look, to have true direction. Like, yeah. if we go back to what the last four years, five years of the Bulls, every year they changed what the direction was supposed to be. They didn't stick to it. When Jimmy Butler was here and they got rid of him, or prior to that, they said, we're going to get younger with Jimmy. They brought in D-Wade and Rondo. You know, it's just right. – no, I need. Let's bring in focus. Fred Hoiberg and not give him players. Yeah, no. I, this is a bit. The biggest pet peeve in Chicago is bringing in people who are learning on the job. Hire someone who's done this job before. Hire someone that's a GM and waiting to become president. Like yes. that's what you. That's what you need. This guy. If this guy hits in three years, he should be. If not now, the team president. And like that's what you really need to do. It sounds sensational to bring in a D way, and yes, it definitely would help. Uh, but still, I want someone that's been through the processes that can come in here and implement it consistently through waves when you may hit, but they can pivot and come back in with a different plan. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of interested. In, I mean, we'll go to the next topic real quick, but I'm kind of interested in the dude uh, out of the Clippers, uh, Michael Winger, because he's been learning up under Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers has been and, able to build a coach. You don't, you don't Jerry like, West. Yeah, and Jerry West, too. You don't like mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. What? I ain't saying the Clippers won any championships. No, 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 like no. That's that, not but, what I'm saying. Jerry what? West has been with the Clippers for like two years. Doc Rivers really wasn't a good personnel person with the Clippers. So if you're telling me he learned from bad Doc Rivers position, Doc Rivers is a great coach. He's not a great personnel person. He gave his son an extension. No, 
keep him over there. He there's not enough Jerry West on that dude for me to be like, oh, you were on the Jerry West. Like, no, no, no. Hey, you stay, you stay over there. Even though, even though, yes, he probably wasn't the best of the GMs, probably extension or like that. But Doc Rivers has a really good name within the circles of the NBA. That's not um, no, yeah, but the point we're talking about front office. Looking. We're talking about front office positions, and that, in a way, with Doc is more of a failure than a success. The best thing the Clippers did was make Doc just the coach again and not lose him. That was the best thing because they had a great coach. Just to, to, to divorce him from having all the power and for him to still stay there. But that never works really anyway, though. I, I, but even even you're right, it never works. But he he didn't prove anything. He thought he could be Danny Ainge's and say, yeah, Danny, I can be the coach, and I can do your job, and he could not pull that off. Yeah, it's it's really hard to do that. All right. Federal agencies, $29.6 million worth of illegal drugs from the tunnel used by smugglers to enter San Diego from Mexico. A cross-border passageway so sophisticated that it had ventilation, lighting, and underground rail system, as authorities said on Tuesday. The tunnel's entrance was not far from a newly constructed section of the border wall that Trump visited last September uh, in the Ote Mesa uh, section of San Diego. The stockpile of drugs included 100, uh, 1,300 pounds of cocaine, 86 pounds of methamphetamines, 17 pounds of heroin. That's, a, that's not enough heroin. Uh, 3,000 pounds of marijuana and more than two pounds of fentanyl. That's where it's Mix it. it. The San Diego Tunnel uh, Task Force said the Drug Enforcement Administration Border Patrol, which has said that the tunnel was 2,000 foot long when it was discovered on March 19th. So still talking about, again, Pookie's not getting his. Well, listen, <laughs> I'm going to say it here. I'm, as I said a thousand times, I just don't know. I just don't understand why they don't legalize everything. Why do you still put up with all this stuff talking about tunnels and busting this person and busting that person? You want to be able to take something out of the hands of organized crime as you just did the first topic? Just make all this stuff legal. That's they just, don't, they don't want to take it out of the hands of organized crime. I know. I know. The organized crime want to keep it illegal so they can keep, have a market. But I'm just saying, if you're smart, just like cigarette, well, cigarettes anyway, illegal, but like alcohol. Eventually, they kind of saw this problem. It, it was legal at first, though. And it then was, they made it, it was, illegal. It was. Yeah. It was. Well, yeah, wait, hold on. Cocaine? Marijuana was, 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 marijuana was marijuana legal. was legal. Cocaine was legal. But then they saw black and brown people start touching. It's like, we got to, this is illegal. So, and, and that's on. why they won't legalize it across the board because they got, unfortunately, they got to have so many of us uh, uh, populating the jails and the prisons because, you know, everybody's making money off these investments, privatizing these prisons. So mm-hmm. if you don't have us in there as the majority of that population, no one's making any money, unfortunately. Yeah, man. I don't know. But you know what? You said it was it was right next to Trump's the uh, he hasn't put up any new wall. That's the yeah, I mean, to me, wall. But I it was mean, by there. This was like sensationalism, sensationalism in this article mm-hmm. to mention that it's right next to something newly uh, built yeah, by right. regardless but, of what they built. Listen, it's an underground tunnel. You, how far deep y'all digging those walls? Because they're gonna dig that tunnel a little bit further little down. Yeah. Like these, these. When it comes to construction, these these guys are phenomenal. So <laughs> you're not gonna. You can try all you want. You don't have enough wall to go to the crust of the earth. No. <laughs> right? like, oh my gosh! They'll be I moving, always they'll be moving shit by the core. Yeah, dude. And I mean, it's just stop, stop playing. That's not the biggest problem that we have right now. Again, even if what D said, the legalization would benefit that from stopping. But again, you're gonna lose a lot of voters in some states if you. I know you will. You I, I know you will. But, you know, some people are not touching. No evangelicals <laughs> voting for somebody that's like the heroin needs to be legal. Like, no, God doesn't want that. So. You can cancel that point. But doesn't it just show how silly this whole wall idea is? Like, if oh, you absolutely. were, let's say you had a room and you only had one wall and you were trying to keep out nature, how good <laughs> would that be at stopping nature from coming in? Exactly. Just one wall, they're going to d- dig under it, they're going to go around it, they're going to catapult stuff over the top of it. Mm-hmm. They, they can go through it. To lose. They, they can go through it. Stop. Yes, they was they was they was making they was cutting out sections of the wall and just walking right through it. But even if you make this massive, like fortified, awesome, badass wall, so what? We got three other borders that don't have walls, and it doesn't cover the top where they'll do anything. They'll parachute in. Drone it's all drops. about the money. <laughs> you sold a couple pounds of that fentanyl, you're good. It was all worth it. Yeah. Woo, how many pounds, Ken? You said two pounds? Two pounds of that fentanyl. Damn. Two pounds. If people don't know. You need a crumb to like. F that's what I was just about to say. You, you, a dip of fentanyl will not can kill you. 
Like if you touch if you touched it with your hand, yeah, that's like we talk about those cops mm-hmm. touching people and yeah. then having to hit the Narcan. Like man, that fool, Lordy, yeah. Lordy, 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 I wouldn't even want to be around that fentanyl. And I'm not I saying know. I don't oh want to buy that. It, it spills. Oh no! I'd be like, where's the N95 mask? I don't want to breathe any of this in. Right? Just, just in the air. Yeah, no, nah, man. Droplets of that fentanyl is worse than that Rona. All like, right. imagine that, like, falling, and then you see a little cloud of dust, and everyone just runs through the tunnel <laughs> the other way. <laughs> All right. While entrepreneur Mark Cuban won't say whether or not a run for the presidency is in the cards, the billionaire and the owner of the Dallas Mavericks does see an opportunity for new leadership coming from outside of the political class in Washington. Cuban said, I think we're tired of traditional politicians, the political parties, and a wide-ranging interview for Yahoo Finance. There's no better time for somebody to step up and really be a leader. And I like to and said many, many times that you don't have to be the leader to be a leader. Cuban wouldn't say if he had any presidential ambitions on the horizon. Everything changed, he said. So I'm not going to answer the question. I don't have to answer it. But he did say that he sees opportunity in, uh, in the country. This is America Reset 1.0. Get the chance to rewrite all the rules and do it in a way that nonpartisan puts people first, puts everyone on equal footing and says, you know what, let's go forward and do this together. Uh, we the people. He added that right now there's a void in leadership and the door is wide open, whether it's me or somebody else. This is the issue. A lot of people are dumb. And they won't go. A lot of people don't vote in their interests, And a lot of people just don't a, believe in government. And a lot of people, as I said before, are just flat out dumb. Case in point, I was watching a, I watched CNN yesterday and it was talking about this church in Ohio, I believe. And basically in some mostly Republican states, they're letting churches and uh, religious organizations still have service with more than 10 people. So basically they can still have their whole entire congregation uh, come in and have, have service, right? The issue is that people are like, coming in and the reporter was like hey so are you not worried about if you're uh symptomatic or somebody else is symptomatic and you can get sick or you can get somebody else sick it was like no nah, i'm fine it's, it's it's not nobody's in there sick but like, well, how would you know because i know and i have faith in everything and i'm no and i know and it was like come on y'all so i mean he was he stopped that report one reporter stopped at least eight or nine people and every even the pastor and the pastor even said like Ain't nobody in there sick. I should know. I'm the pastor, and you bet not report no fake news on me. Whoa. So to Mark Cuban's point, I mean, to, I mean, I, I love his optimism. Say, like, yeah, we're gonna do this. It's like 1.0. We can start over again and we can rebuild it. And for the people, unfortunately, a lot of Americans do not care about that. I mean, yeah. you also gotta remember your your commander in chief said that, you know, he not putting no mask on. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that just that just amps up these other fools mm-hmm. to think that everything is copacetic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, fuck your church money. I'm gonna be honest right here. Fuck your church money. You don't risk these people on bullshit like this. And on top of that, not just risking them, risk, risking the people that they're going to take it back home to. Because right. I also remember this. A lot of people going to church aren't kids. They're already old. And some of them may have parents that are older than them. And it was bringing and kids to, inside. Dude, you you just like, what the hell is, like, what's, what's really going on? Like, dude, common sense, again, in a capitalistic society, when they tank their own economy something's going on yeah, yep. and i'm not telling you we know everything i'm not saying like man it's clearly what the government tells us everything's what they say no no no. but it's big all right when the world not just america tanks their economy when we know they don't care about us and will risk us dying anyway yeah the economy big. is more valuable than yes people it's, to them. it's it's big but the economy in these churches so i like shout out to people like tony um sean davis Seeing our friend Bobby Denise, people that you know, their pastor being there, it'd be him. Like Tony's, Tony's family will be in the church because they are the church. Yeah. His brother is on the organ. If guys there, guys on the drums. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if their whole family. So yeah, they live in a house together anyway. So they'll hold service and broadcast it out for right. their fellowship. Yeah, that's what that's you do. Smart. You still yes. give the message to the people. I seen pastors sitting at their table. You still give people the message. But you don't open those doors right. and you can say it's not for that coin. But let's be honest. One thing you know that's going to happen when they're in it, that you're going to get a collection plate movement. You know, if you really care and, don't, and really care what the Bible tells you, get off that bullshit, man. It's very, it's very selfish, guys. Yeah, unfortunately, common sense ain't common with some folks sometimes. Uh, I get one, one point here is 
it's okay to be optimistic, but we got to deal with reality because it's affecting all of us. Number two, I think people are selfish just a little bit too much. And then when those people, like you said, D, they were interviewed by that reporter, I guarantee you if they would have had that virus, they would have been the first ones where, oh, I don't want to give it to this person or to my family or to the next person or what have you. I guarantee you, people's attitudes do change and will change if something happens to them. But until then, oh, yeah. if it's like, oh, it's somebody else or it's that person or it's that person, as long as I'm good, that's all that counts. And it's, it's, it's sad, especially in these situations. But my thing is, so what do they think about all the people that got it? They God, they deserved it. God, God put it on them. He's it's punishing like, them. I'm sure. I'm sure some very devout Christians have caught the virus, and I'm yeah. very sure it's a very devout Christian. Yeah. Whatever, whatever denomination, whatever religion you believe in, I'm sure they patch too. So, what are you saying about those people? That's that's how, that's why I said it ain't me. Very, it ain't over here. It's, it's very well. selfish. Very real, selfish. Real talk. It's like it's coming closer and closer to. Six degrees of separation, and it's not, it's, it's leaped over that because a family member mm-hmm. basically may have it. We don't know for sure if she has it, but Afton's cousin's wife, who yeah. is a, a nurse practitioner, she came down with fevers a few days ago, mm. right? Now, mind you, she's a nurse practitioner. She thinks she got it from a patient. She's been at home with her family, right? Who knows anybody else? And I'm, unfortunately, I hate to mention because not first and foremost, it's family that's important. Mm-hmm. So definitely hope that she doesn't have it. And if she does, it's brief and it's not debilitating, but it's not a joke. Like it's people out here that still have to really like my cousin's a you do your cousin. My cousin's a bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. My she, has to, yeah. she has to go to work. Yeah. Right. So at least do your best. So you don't get it. So you don't get these people that can't work from home who, or, can take a loss, like be responsible for other people and just stop being an idiot at all yeah. the damn time. I have my aunt, her boyfriend, my cousin, my pops is working in a facility right now where he's um, he's doing overnight stuff, but still he's kind of like not as far as general population, but he's at least still out there, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. So yes, I have people in my immediate family that's still going out there and working. Then I have some some of my family members who aren't and and as lucky as you and I can that they can work from home. So they mm-hmm. and so many people are walking going through that right now. And that was a big report coming out talking about how at first you hear this bullshit talking about oh black folks can't get it. I'm like, listen, y'all, anybody can get it. You're human being. Good while it lasted. And now what's happening? You starting to get all. <laughs> Now you start to get all these reports talking about it's affecting black people the most, and we're the most that we're the we're the uh, most. We're the most people that are, that are getting it or just about, you know, saying a higher level, but we're also very high susceptible of dying from it. But that can come mm-hmm. from the economics because people still got to be out there. People still got to work. Mm-hmm. You can also go to the economics of our health care within our communities. Our health in general in our communities isn't good. Asthma, uh, any kind of other respiratory issues, whatever the case may be. Right. So it's affecting black people at a very high alarming rate. And now that's getting out to the media. And now we starting to ask more uh, leaders or people in, in uh, government uh, offices or positions about that. So it's a lot of different scenarios as this can hit you and hit your community in so many different ways. And as far as like this, well, the example I brought up with the church, you can't be that selfish. If you're going to go out, protect yourself, so you go, and protect yourself and protect other people. But don't walk around saying something nonsensical, which is, as, as uh, C.S. said, not having any kind of common sense. Protect yourself and don't be selfish and just take care of to take care of your community. And that's my biggest fear, Ken, is that simple fact that you have all these people doing this and it won't and it won't uh be able to flatten that curve as we keep hearing. I have a fear that it's gonna keep on going and going and going a lot longer than we expect. All right. Um, the Naismith Memorial High, uh, Basketball Hall of Fame announced that basketball icons Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan, along with Indiana Fever star Tamika Catchins, former Houston Rocket head coach Rudy T. Rudy Tomjanovich, former Oklahoma State coach Eddie Sutton, Baylor's woman coach Kim Mulkey, and Bentley University's women coach uh, Barbara Steffens, and the IOC and FIBA executive Patrick Ballman will be inducted into the 2020 class of Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, you have two of the greatest power forwards of all time, even though the argument is always Tim Duncan as a center. And unfortunately, tragically, you have the late, great Kobe Bryant, who we lost before the world really went crazy. We'll let you know how crazy this year has been. Um, won't be there. Um, I, I want, listen, to be honest with you, 
Will they even have the, the – I mean, I guess this is in the summertime, so they should be able to have this. Or is this in the fall? When is the uh, – August. Yeah, it's August, 20, August 28th to 30th. August 28th and uh, the 30th. So at that point, we think that we will be shutter in place to be over. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully for the most place. But then, see, this is still the thing. Even if shutter in place is, no, is over, how how are you they going to allow people to congregate? Are they going to say – remember how many people are usually at the Hall of Fame when they have those inductions? Especially this one? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. are they – yeah, so are they still going to sit there and allow all those people to get together, which would be definitely sad because this is, I hate to say, the culminating, the culminating point with Kobe now. We didn't think with how Kobe went on to win a Grammy, I mean, I mean an Oscar and a, a Grammy, right? Not a Grammy, an no, Oscar and an Emmy. Oscar. Oscar and an Emmy. He won an Emmy too. Yes, he did. He did. He won an Oscar and an Emmy, and clearly Kobe was going to continue to grow to be something greater than just a basketball player. And that's gone now. And now it kind of goes back to that basketball lane. And the kind of the last thing is when you get into the Hall of Fame, it's like the, the, the going away party in a way after five years after your career. So it's definitely deflating uh, to sit here and know that this class and two of the players in Kobe and Kim, Tim Duncan set the stage for one and done, which is about to return to the NBA in what, a year or two? About a season. You mean Kevin Garnett, right? That's what I mean, Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Uh, we're about to sit there, and they they set the they set that the narrative is with one of those what people didn't believe, especially with Kobe. One thing people didn't think, you know, uh, with KG being so skinny, he was still looked at the fact that he was seven feet. That there was something that you can use in the NBA in the first couple seasons, if not few seasons. People didn't know about a guard coming, a, a kid guard coming uh, from high school, and how uh, soon you'll be able to, to 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 give that throw that kid into the fire. You, I, I've been seeing Kobe talk about Dale Harris and sitting him for three years, basically, until Rick Fox and whoever he was going to start uh, behind Rick Fox got injured and Kobe finally got to play. And Kobe started talking about, think about my numbers, what would they would have been if I played those first three years when people look at yeah. numbers to validate everything or whatever. Because, I mean, if you look at what Kobe was in all-time scoring, if you had three more years to that, this, he's probably the leading – he probably gets the records at that probably. point as far as yeah, the all-time score, which probably LeBron is going to break. I thought I thought LeBron was going to break it and, and uh, Kevin Durant was going to pass him. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to pass LeBron now, missing another season because he's missed, what, is like two and a half years? with the, He had like a year and a half he missed in OKC, mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, still – to sit there, Tim Duncan, um, I can remember, man, it was so good to have basketball in the 90s because you had, you know, you open up Sports Illustrated, Ray Allen and uh, and Allen Iverson are in the Big East, and you kept hearing about this kid from the Virgin Islands that was at Wake Forest, and that any year he would have came out, he would have been the number one pick, and he stayed off four years. I still hate uh, Lauren Woods to this day for transferring from Arizona and coming there and moving Tim Duncan to power four because it was all a lie. It still is a lie. It will always be a lie. Uh, but definitely, uh, I look for, but it's still somber, uh, this upcoming Hall of Fame class. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, definitely with uh, Kobe Bryant not being able to be there, um, that's going to be sad. Actually, I just got a, uh, a tweet or a notification saying the Lakers just put together a great Hall of Fame Mm-hmm. Uh, video, yeah, video for um for Kobe Bryant talking about it'll make you cry. Uh, so that's that's going to be that's going to be so sad to see. But it's also going to be good time to celebrate uh, everyone that's, that is. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. from the ladies going in, Tamika mm-hmm. Catchings uh, going in. You have like I said for Tim Duncan, Ruth Kim Mulkey, Kim Mulkey going. She kind of she broke through that that uh, Gino Oriema like. Yeah. You, so one thing I just want to talk to y'all guys real quick. Yeah. Um, I was, I was t- thinking about um, when we were talking about the uh, basketball, the highest college greatest player. Yeah. And I was dying to Rossi, and I thought she should have went further. But one of the arguments I was having in my head was during the period that Diana Taurasi and UConn were on top, they only really had to play against Tennessee. Right. But nowadays, and Tennessee is in Tennessee, but UConn is a UConn, but you still have Baylor – South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, you, you you have more teams. Oregon, yeah, yeah, think, yeah. I meant that. I said I meant Oregon too, and Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's it, even if it's only five, it's more than they're just being necessarily two. And Kim Mulkey is one of those players. She's been a coach for a long time. Yeah, she's one of those women that helped take it to a, a, another level and elevate that, that Baylor's uh, women's basketball program. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like I said, this isn't the NBA Hall of Fame; it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So, no, it's going to be a great class, man. It's going to be. Hopefully. Best class ever? No. 
I was thinking that because I, I know everybody's probably gonna think about the class with Jordans was was really. Who good. else would it be like? What was Mike and who else? Because it was a couple. It was like Mike John Stockton. Did John Stockton go was, in? There? Yeah, John, John Stockton went in. Uh, uh, did, I, did David Robinson go in in that class? Yes, he did. I believe. Did he? I believe so. I don't yeah. know, but this one is his Michael Jordan class it's, it's, was really good, but this class is up there, man. It's it's up, up there. there. It's, up, it's there. up there. It's definitely gonna be up there. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I'm, they 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 do uh, air it. Was on, does it, is it usually on ESPN or is it on NBA TV? It's on NBA TV. It's been that way for the last several years. Okay, all right. Because I know I watched it one year. I think yeah, it was NBA TV. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be a good time. And like I said before, although Kobe isn't Dude. here. It'll be a good time to celebrate overall everybody going in. Yeah, right. See, I think uh, the only thing sad, like, because we did the Kobe Bryant funeral memorial, and I think mm-hmm. that that kind of got us through the rest of the sadness. I think mm-hmm. that the only thing sad is we're probably not going to be able to congregate because that. Mm-hmm. I think that August party for Kobe, that was going to be the first time we were going to celebrate him without sadness being an, like a huge theme in it. Like, mm-hmm. of course, people are going to be sad still. But I think this was going to be the celebration time. Yes. This was going to be the good vibes. Yes. Everybody partying. Like, man, he was the bomb. And I'm glad we at least got to say goodbye to him. But if no one's going to be there, then it's just going to bring back that sadness all over, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. 87 class was Pete. No, go ahead, Sid. Go ahead, Sid. No, just real quick, I want to piggyback off your point about Kobe Ken. About his first three years, he will probably be number one, number two in the scoring. Remember, Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel were the starting uh, guards in front of him, so he came off the bench and he made the all-star game his second year, barely averaging 15 points a game. He had to take GM Jerry West to trade both those guys for Kobe to start in his third year. Yeah, somebody got hurt, too. Who got hurt? And then he Rick Fox hurt. got hurt, but then the backup got hurt. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, and then they froze Kobe out that all-star game, too. Because Kobe was about to steal him an MVP, and they was like, slow down, shorty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? They was like, you are not. I don't even know if he played in the fourth. I think he ain't playing in the fourth. Kobe was coming at Mike. That's Mike right. Fresh mm-hmm. coming back. Kobe was like, ah, I'm here for mine. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, ooh. All right, look, 87, you had Pete Maravich, uh, Walt Frazier, Rick Berry, Bob Hubricks, and uh, Bob Wazir. Then you had, real quick, I'm sorry I have to click these. I hate when they do that. You had, I'm going to take uh... – oh, 06, you had Barkley, Joe Dumars, Dominique Wilkins, Gino Oriema, Sandro Gamba, and Dave Gavitt. That's a good class right there. That's pretty good. That's class. a good Barkley. class. That's, I'm not saying – all right, 93 – Julius Irving, Walt Bellamy, Bill Walton, Dan Issel, Dick McGuire, Calvin Murphy, Ann Myers, and Old John Simonja. All right. Second. I wonder if this class has the most NBA titles. 2016. That's a good one, right? That's a good one, 2016, you had Shaquille O'Neal, Zelmo Betty, Allen Iverson, Yao Ming, Daryl Gatson, Tom Izzo. Was that 2012? It's 2016. Look, well, wait, let me finish. Yao Ming, Daryl uh, Gerritsen, Tom Izzo, John McClendon, uh, Cumberland Posey, Jerry Reinsdorf, and Cheryl Swoops. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. That's a yeah. big class, too. That's wow. a big class. All right, in 2018, you had Steve Nass, Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, Maurice Cheeks, Ray Allen, Dino Raja, Charlie Scott, uh, Charles uh, Drizzle, or Drizel, uh, Aura, May Washington, Rod Thorne, who drafted Michael mm. Jordan, uh, Rick Welts, Katie Smith, and Tina Thompson with her lovely, luscious lips. Um, well, this seems like, at worst, the third best Hall of Fame class 2010, in NBA history. 20, 2010, no. Scottie Pippen, Carl Malone, Dennis Johnson, Gus Johnson, uh, Jerry Buss, Bob Hurley, and Cynthia Cooper Dyke. Ooh, that might that's, be. That's, that's a hard one. one. Yeah. That's a hard one right there. You got, listen, you got maybe the greatest WNBA player really at her highest. Was, people forget what Cynthia Cooper was doing when the yeah. WNBA opened up. Yeah. Uh, 08, you had Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Adrian Dantley, Bill Davidson, Pat Riley, uh, Catchy Rush, and Dick Vitale. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, where, where do we, like, Kobe is what? The second best shooting guard. Oh, of hold on. Oh, yeah. this, this, yeah. let me let me drop this one real quick. Nineteen eighty, you had Jerry Lucas, Jerry West, Oscar Robinson, Les Harrison, Everett Sult, uh, Sultan, and uh, Dallas Shirley. Okay. And we may only have two more. Then they got number one here. 
they got Jordan, David Robinson, uh, John Stockton, Jerry Sloan, and C. Vivian Stringer. That's a hard one. That's, good That's one the one that I think might be better. I think it I was. like them second. This Listen, you can argue that the Kobe one, because the thing with the Kobe one is Mike is, the, all right, let's just go by position. We're not to say he's the greatest player, but let's just say he's the greatest shooting guard. Yeah. Right. Kobe's the second best. Yeah. If, if Tim Duncan is a power forward, he's the greatest power forward. Right. Kevin Garnett. What is he, what is he as a center if we put – I, I think he's top – I think he's right at five or six. Yeah, I would say That's top why 10. I usually push oh, yeah. him at – I usually – I think he – because you definitely going to go uh, – you're going to go um, – Kareem. 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 Wilt. Wilt. Bill Russell. Uh, definitely Olajuwon and Bill Russell, even though to me Bill Russell is more of a power forward, but yet still he played the center. Bill Russell. and But see, i be honest with you, and, and that would be part of the argument, um, I could still put on over two of them, and I hate to say this, this is blasphemous, I could see myself putting Timmy over Olajuwon. And the fact is, Olajuwon, Olajuwon at his peak is greater than Timmy, but Timmy sustained his peak for an extended amount of time. And I'll say this much, it wasn't Olajuwon's fault. Tim had a better surrounding cast when you got uh, when you got Mono and um, and Tony, uh, Parker. Tony Parker around him. Elijahwan didn't have a, a, a great uh, surrounding cast until, so, until later in his career. To, to, and those players were older for older. the most part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that I would, would probably throw in. And what about Kevin Garnett? Real quick, Kevin Garnett. He's top ten, probably top. Top ten, I know, I know, yeah, top ten power forward overall. You might, he might be able to sneak in top five. He might be able to sneak in the top five. I mean, if you put impact, he's clearly top five. Yeah, because nobody played him like that. He changed the draft, and Mm -hmm. he was a different type. Like one player that would totally freak the NBA out today if he was playing today is is Kevin Garnett, because when you're doing this switch everything shit, and you don't want to play with the big. And you got him now playing center. And when he came into the league, when we were kids, he was getting pushed around at small forward and, and power forward. Yeah. He wouldn't be getting pushed around for the no. most part now. And he switched – dog, he's switching off that long on everything? And wait, like, think, think about and this. he was a decent three-point shooter at Boston, he was, wasn't he? He was a good shooter, yeah. For, was, his, was, yeah. for his, his, By the time he got to Boston, he was a good sh- – listen, for a big, he was a yeah. nice shooter. Yeah. But he – when he got to Boston and the NBA was changing, he extended it out to the three-point range. Now, I mean, now think about it like this, though, Ken. Think about it like this. See, you can definitely hop in too. Think about it like this. Now, you just said he would probably be he would be crazy coming into this coming into this league right now. So that would mean he would probably would have expanded his his style of play mm-hmm. years right. ago. So yeah. what you will probably see is him being almost somewhat maybe with a nasty streak on the inside, like a Kevin Dar uh, Kevin Durant. Because he would have learned how to shoot the three better, he would have learned how to uh, handle the ball a lot better, and he would, and he still had that nastiness in him anyway. He would, he'll go down low too. So it would be freaky. It'd be freaky. It would be freaky. He would have been a tougher, more aggressive. He's stronger. Kevin Gar- Even to be a uh, skinny guy, he he was a strong skinny yeah, guy. Like man. he was, he was yeah, really he was. a strong. And listen, athlete. What thing to do, do? What one of the illest dunks? I remember KG. Jumps up for a rebound. The rebound comes down to his hips. He's in the air. He grabs it and windmills the hell out of it. It was so – listen, the freak – the handle at that age – I mean, at, at that size, size at that time, like, he was really freaky. Like, sometimes he's underrated because, really, he stayed in Minnesota too long. Yeah. Like, he should have had more MVP. Kevin, Kevin Durant – I mean, Kevin Garnett – should have been taking part and at least he should have maybe won two and been a part of almost winning three. But because he stayed there and the winning, if he had wins, he he would have gotten MVPs. If he had wins, yeah, he only you know, one, right? Did, yeah, just like it, what, only one time, maybe it was twice, but I believe only one time did the Timberwolves time, yeah. make it past the first round, yeah, and that was yeah. the Sam Cassell Spreewell uh, season or whatever. Like, and then they didn't want to play Spree. Like, they didn't even want to give him another was, chance. Go ahead. Who was that white dude? That was on his team in Minnesota. That was like his number two. Uh, Wally Zerbiak. Yeah. Wally Zerbiak. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. See what you have to say? Yeah, we got you one. Yeah. We got Kobe Bryant and Shaq over there, but let me give you Wally. Yeah. Uh, just uh, 
Uh, just real quick on Garnett, and then I have a question for you guys regarding the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, what Ken said about Garnett developing that jump shot, the year he won the MVP, he started to develop that jump shot from the outside. When he came to Boston, he was still consistent at that, but he was their defensive anchor. You notice that team got very good defensively uh, uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as uh, a question for you guys uh, for the Hall of Fame, we talked about it on the show before. Michael Thompson, former Lakers player, now the radio analyst, He's made the case that uh, Michael Cooper should be in the Hall of Fame. I have another player from that Lakers squad that should be at least considered for the Hall of Fame. He is at one time an, uh, an iron player. He, he was a AC Green? Yeah. You could make a case for him being the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he has three rings. He is an Iron Man. Now you're letting everybody. First of all, you know damn well he doesn't deserve that Iron Man because he cheated. When he broke his jaw, he was sitting there. They would put him in the game, and then he'd come out, and he wasn't playing. He stole that Iron Man record. So get that Jerry Curl version up out of here. Uh, probably go uh, Michael Cooper, but I don't know about Coop the loop. Coop, I say yeah. yes. Because you were asking him during the 80s to guard the best perimeter player on all those teams. So, like, he was a key cog. And to me, if you have a great defender, you're not asking him to score. You can't just poo-poo on him and not give him his props. So, Coop, yeah, but then we just letting everybody in the AC Green's getting up in this piece. Wait a also, too, to add to Michael Cooper's uh, resume, how many WNBA championships did he win with the L.A. Sparks? At least, at least one a, or two. At least one or two. Several. Or two, yeah. So, so that kind of it can also too. So he got a yeah. Now but he, he they're not gonna send him in for both though. No, no, no. I think no, they well, send you all, in for that. They, I think they. I don't think they do like. I don't think they do like that. They, I think it's like you go in as a coach or you go in as a player. I don't no, think it's. Like, I don't know how they do. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. All I'm trying to say is he can at least he has something to his resume. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, well, AC Green was a virgin. Oh, well, I mean... That's on his resume. It was. He kept his virginity a, famous, a very long time. famous version. One of the well, my, well, well, Magic just out there slanging it. AC just like... AC, you don't want none of this? I'm good. Now you're the Magic Man. <laughs> but, Sid, you made a good point. This is one of the best defensive classes of all time, for sure, with these three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... Yeah. Listen, man, this is a great class. This is a great, great class. The Phenomenal next one, class. The next one's probably going to be... I mean, it depends on when they all retire or who goes in, but you got LeBron going to be come, going, retiring sometime soon. Uh, you got D-Wade. But he's not going to retire with any yeah, of his he's boys. Not gonna, he's not. He's not going to retire. Oh, LeBron's playing probably another two to three seasons. So well, LeBron's D-Wade. probably going to be the highlight of his own class. Probably. That's probably yeah. I was thinking because you're going to have D-Wade. Well, Carmelo Anthony, was, Carmelo Anthony is still playing, so you don't tell him when he's going to uh, retire. Mm-hmm. But you can have those three. I don't know when they all going in together. Yeah, Chris Paul, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame for sure. He's at the tail end of his career. So there's a lot of guys right now that at the tail end of their career when they're going to be retiring sometime soon. It'll be cool to kind of see when they all go in together. But I don't know. We'll see. The NBA is losing millions of dollars with each day. The games cannot be played amid the outbreak of coronavirus. At the moment, it appears that if players in the league are at an impasse when it comes to how to share the burden of that loss, the NBA has asked players to take a 50% pay cut while games are on hold, according to Sham Sham Sharania of The Athletic. The pay cut will go into effect April 15th, the next standard NBA payday. The union countered with the 25% pay cut that will begin in mid-May, according to Sharania. While players earn money that they are contractually owed during the regular season, their paychecks are spaced out over the course of the year. The standard NBA pay schedule calls for 124th of the player's salary to be paid on the 1st and 15th of each month. Though players can negotiate different pay schedules so long as at least 20% of their base salary is given on a standard NBA paydays. As it stands right now, the NBA already has the right to withhold a, a meaningful percentage of player salaries. Even in a normal season, 10% of player salaries are held in escrow in case players uh, uh, wind up making more than the CBA allows and that uh, forces a, a major clause than the CBA allows the teams to withhold one nineteen point six of the player salary for each game that is missed because of the crisis. So I was just trying to look this up. Um, definitely with that, uh, with their pay cut, listen, they still getting something. He's a millionaire. So, uh, they still have their expenses. They have to, not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, that's why they have a union. Yeah. That's why you have a union. So they should be able to go to the they union if they need some money. Yeah. And they was able to counter with, with a 25%. So, yeah, so they, it'll be in the middle. Yeah. So it probably be, maybe like 40, 30, 35, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
at least they're still getting something, right? They own, they earn these contracts to be able to pay. But I was trying to find a story or article, I believe, I think it was on a, it might've been on Bill Simmons podcast. We just talked, we just spoke about Kobe Bryant going to the Hall of Fame. He was being, he got paid different than everybody else. It was yes, he did. No, he got his, he got his, uh, two checks he got like, like a, that? yeah, he got like a large chunk of it at the beginning yeah. of the year. Like yeah. as soon as the league hit, year hit, Kobe had like a, a huge amount of, I was, I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. I believe Kobe had like how his, cause I, I just said that article. Like that. Yeah. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody else is probably, yeah, uh, it, was a, it, it was a very yeah. interesting story when I heard Bill Simmons talking about it. I don't think he was interviewing Kobe, but he was talking about somebody. We're talking about contracts, and it mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, this is kind of nobody, nobody knows this, but Kobe Bryant gets paid different than everybody else. He gets like two huge lump checks, and then that's it. Because everybody mm-hmm. else is spread out, like you said, on the first and fifteenth. That's how they get paid." Kobe was like, "Give me my money, money now." Yeah, yeah. I rather I let me handle it. All right, this is one. I'm reading this article from uh, I believe Yahoo Sports goes like this. I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott, but I'm not a big fan of anyone who fails to practice social distancing or otherwise comply with the federal or state guidelines regarding the importance of staying at home during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. And while lives with lives on the line, I'm not going to shut up when someone with a high profile set has a horrible example. Yesterday, it was Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Antonio Brown. Today is a quintet of players, including Des Bryant and Dak Prescott. They worked out together away from their homes, and they were photographed arm-in-arm in in, uh, close proximity. Folks, this is the biggest public health crisis in our lifetime. Even if everyone does everything they're supposed to do, at least 100,000 Americans will die. The more that people uh, deviate from these requirements, the more people will die. And the more people we see photos of athletes acting like nothing is going on, those who uh, look up to those athletes will think that nothing is going on, and uh, then they'll behave accordingly. I mean, it goes back to the part of people thinking they're invisible. Uh, goes back to the part of people with a higher means of uh, of wealth. Unfortunately, think they are invincible. They think they live in another world. No, dude, you can get sick. We just had the NFL, the NBA. I don't know, Ken. I don't know if you uh, had this as a story, but uh, how the NBA. We talked to Brandon Scoop B. Robinson about this, but the NBA is like really mulling about just canceling the season because China just shut down their season. But even though you can try to do everything in the right way, you're still putting yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to go out there. Listen, if you got to practice, practice by yourself. I know football might be a little bit different because uh, somebody yeah. throws something, throw the ball to you. Mm-hmm. I understand that depending on position that you play. Basketball, yeah, you want to have somebody in front of you. If you're talking about defense, work on your offense or vice versa. I understand that. But damn it, try to make sure you work on your skills that you can work on by yourself. It ain't worth it. it. Just ain't uh, worth it. Um. All right. Now, twofold. I don't know if these players, because we've seen that. I won't say celebrities, but athletes have been getting tests long before anybody else were getting tests. They have been, yeah. So I don't know if they've been tested, but even if they have been tested, it still doesn't mean they can't get caught with the coronavirus or be asymptomatic and not really show signs of having coronavirus. So they mm-hmm. still can be contagious. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm with you as far as I don't think you should do it. At least for the receivers, they can use jug machines. I know it's not necessarily the same when we're talking about right. the type of angles, uh, especially if we're talking about probably deep passes or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it sends the best message. And to be honest with you, you know, it, it, again, somebody like uh, – um, uh, uh, what's his name? What's the receiver that was just in there for the ex-Cowboy? Des Bryant. Bryant. Somebody Bryant. like Des Bryant, I'm sure the photo op is important to show that, hey, I'm, a, I'm available. Because I remember he was supposed to be with the, the Saints and he blew his Achilles right. out. Like, right. hey, hey, Jerry, I'm, me and Dak are looking pretty exactly. good. Exactly. Uh, Jerry talked about bringing uh, Des back about a month or two ago. So I'm sure that's good for to let people know that you're you're not injured any longer. But outside of that, I mean, I'm, I, even if you were going to go against the shelter in place requirement, uh, you should. Now I don't know if Texas has that for sure. Some of the southern states don't. I think Texas. I think Texas does. I'm pretty sure Texas does. Seems like now when you see it, it's the. Uh, the states with the rural states up the middle that don't really have shelter in place. North orders. Dakota, South yeah, Dakota, all like those places. I don't like think that. Iowa. <laughs> yeah, no, Iowa. The, I don't think had. Yeah, the rural, the more rural areas. But you can even if you're going to break this, you should be responsible to at least the people that look up to you. As I said, it was in the article, and 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 oh, and even maybe not to say these people look up to you, but may think everything is fine because you're out there doing it. You can do this and not post pictures of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and again, going back to Antonio Brown, he's somebody else that wants people to see 
and that's mm-hmm. that's Hollywood Brown's cousin. So somebody to see him out there and know that he's available. He knows now he won't be with uh, Tampa Bay, but the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, Bruce Arians has said, we don't have the room for him, which is smart. Why would you blow up that receiver room by bringing him yeah. in with his attitude? It'd be different if they were, were devoid of weapons. They got weapons. Yeah, so fine. why bring in Antonio Brown when he's acting good, when you know he's going to switch up to A.B.? But again, to me. And look at uh, Baltimore. They're so good. They're like one of those franchises where we can take in a troubled soul and get some you think you, you think you can. You think You're you right. can. But that would you know, be one of the better places compared to, like, Arizona or even oh, Bears. See, the only problem with that is uh, – see, even I'll say this with the Bears and people talking about the Bears doing it. You're putting him on a young QB. Yeah. And on top, and on top of that, you're putting him in a room with his cousin – and you don't know what type of examples and what will stick to them, and if they're going to listen to True. him more than they may listen to some other vets. But this is this is just going back to your point of the the photo op. Yeah, of course, yeah. Antonio Brown wants to be seen with the Baltimore Ravens because that right. actually shows some traction. In right, career. right. So again, I just think it's a, I think it's irresponsible, also. But uh, see, what do you have? Uh, I'm, I'm going back to these point. Uh, you had to be smart and self quarantine yourself because of what's going on right now. But I think on the on the other side, like you you guys have been saying, it's a it's Antonio Brown trying to get traction from other teams to sign him. But I think it's a little bit overblown by people only because look what Antonio Brown is going through right now with the alleged rape case and, and all the other stuff that's been happening with him when all the negative press has been going on. So I think it's a little bit of a piling on from fans and media folks alike as well. So, it, like you guys would say, it, he, those players have to be smart. But I think on the other side, it's a little bit of a piling on as well because Antonio Brown, well, what, what's the third, first thing you think about when you bring up his name, all the negative stuff that's been happening to him over the last few months? Real quick, uh, got an update from the trip real quick. Illinois passes 10,000 known cases of COVID-19 with at least 243 total deaths, 33 more dead than yesterday. Wow. I think we are, we haven't even gotten to here. Like we're not even New York where at least in a couple of weeks, their bell curve may start to flatten. We're, we're going up right now. And it's just, we lost 33 people in a day. In a day. Yesterday, I believe I, I didn't see the final number, but uh, I, I believe maybe like around four or five o'clock, it came out that over a thousand people had passed away uh, from the virus throughout the country. A thousand people went in a day. That's the size of some cities or towns in this country. Well, and things like, I hate to say this, but we basically know we're probably going to lose almost close to 100,000 people, if not more. And let's let you know how early we are. If we're just at 1,000. Yeah. So it's going like, it's going to seem worse in the upcoming weeks, which is frightening when you think about it, especially for people that have to be out there, people with uh, uh, immune systems that aren't as strong as they should need to be. Yeah. And I also, too, uh, I, saw the, I saw an article that was talking about uh, one thing that's happening across the country. Uh, non-violent offenders that are in jail or offenders that have very bad health health um, situations are being released early, right? So mm-hmm. here in the city of Chicago, you have Cook County Jail, right? You have a lot of, not so much inmates, but they're like, well, they're inmates in there like, Detainees, I don't know if you want to call them, because a lot of people down there aren't haven't even went to trial yet, but they have them in jail, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the case, the case is going crazy. Uh, uh, the numbers are going up. My neighbor in the back of me, he is a correctional officer at the county. So we were talking about two weeks ago, and he's I'm I'm, I'm on my side, uh, my house, and he's on the other side of his garage. We're just talking. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm down in the county. I'm I'm down in the jail, like that. You know, it's kind of crazy. I was like, well, how is it going? He's like, well, we don't have that many cases. We only got like maybe two or three guys. And then we kind of moved them over. And that's really it. I'm like, well, are you wearing anything protective over yourself? He's like, well, I got some gloves and not really no mask and nothing like that. I see an article today. Over 200 inmates now have it. And over 60 staff members have it in the county jail. Now, a lot of people are upset because they're, they're releasing uh, people who are in jail. But you have to ask your question this. I know we only got a few minutes, but I love to ask this question. Do you leave the people in jail so that can just kind of fester inside? And then you have these large amounts of group of people that are infected or could possibly die, the workers and the inmates in one unit, or do you let them out? But unfortunately, they could be asymptomatic. They can have it. And now you're back in general population. And sometimes a lot of people who come from prison Oh, jail don't have anywhere to go and they're back on the street or they can come they can go home to god knows who else it's a very very interesting not interesting it's a sad situation 
for a lot of people to be in the guys in jail, guys and women in jail, you don't know what they're going through or the people when they get out. So I just wanted to get y'all real quick what y'all think about that. It depends on what they were in jail for. So if it's of of someone that seems to be a violent uh, offender, Mm -hmm. then no, they don't need to be back out here. You know what I'm saying? But if it's someone that's on some type of misdemeanor Mm -hmm. or a payment that wasn't paid or something of that nature that they would be out if they could afford bail, then yeah, probably you should let them out. And one thing on the side note, unfortunately, Takashi 69 was let out earlier than he was supposed to be let out, which... I mean, but the issue, but, but the thing is, if you let these, if you let them stay inside and they get infected, that's they, just, they, they, they I mean, it's another case. I mean, so far, you, you do, you do have so another, you risk you the lives. You don't care about the lives of the inmates, is what you're saying. I mean, some people do feel that way. It's like, well, they in jail. I think it's you. I think that's no, 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 <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think no. I it, honestly, I think I would probably be more so on the side of letting them out. Okay. Um, because like you said, I mean, that's just, that's kind of like a, that's a, that's an engine burning inside that place with that virus going around. You never know what's going to happen. And let's not forget real quick that what we see about those bombs that inmates make of uh, fecal matter, pee, whatever, and they douse it on the correction officers or whatever. Don't think some of them twisted cats in that won't take some of that COVID and start tossing that too. Well, blood, well, whatever the case we Yeah, blood, happen. everything, Indeed. yeah. The, I think a little problem with your scenario, and it's kind of like with everything. I mean, there's always somebody going in and out of these prisons because even the right. staff members are leaving. So it's, it's a no way situation. To, right. Even if you wanted to keep them in there to fester, they're really not keeping in there to fester. Most of them are, but there's people that are getting out. And that's exactly. like with everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's, what a lot of people don't realize. It's constantly going back and forth. All right. Hey, everybody, thank you for uh, watching it and listening. Make sure you follow us all over social medias uh, at Dean Davis on Twitter and IG as well, Facebook.com forward slash Dean Davis Show, and just simply search for the Dean Davis Show on YouTube and any podcast platform. Uh, we will be back with Dan Davis, the show and Westworld flip. Uh, we may bring you a little bit more content since we can do this at home. Uh, we definitely appreciate you rocking with us or being with us rather. Uh, please stay safe. Don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. We go. Keep your hands to yourself. The flip. <laughs> <laughs>